0: The Business Buzz Podcast. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance, and economics news right here on VioFM. That's Voice of Vits, broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bromfontein, Johannesburg. Now, my name is Diwa Mob, Justice Covers, and I'll be your host for today. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated, and intrigued about the world of business. Now, for this week, uh, the big news is that uh, we had uh, the family meeting. On uh, Wednesday night uh, President Sir Ramaphosa giving uh, South Africa news that The country will be moving to level 1 Of the national lockdown to stop The spread of coronavirus um, That has been in place since the Start of uh, uh, April, sort of late March into April And now it means that uh, The country's borders are going to be opened up Amongst a host of things And now uh, things are set to Go back pretty much to normal Um, There's just a couple of things uh from my front uh the first one is definitely a moment to recover because um on the one hand by opening up uh, the country's borders opening up the country to more foreign travel which makes up a big part of the travel and tourism industry which in turn is one of the biggest um, economic contributors in the country um, giving about eight or so percent of uh, GDP percentage points each year and employing about 1.5 million people this is an important time in each year um, as we head into the festive season international travelers deciding where they're gonna go as they escape their winters to come to uh, the southern hemispheres or other parts of the uh, the world um, where there's good climate, good weather, that type of thing. And it's a good thing that uh, you know some of those uh, rans, uh, some of those dollars, sorry, will be coming into the country. So that's a good one on that end. On the other end, um, perhaps a good time for the country to be reimagining its position in the world uh, by also thinking about. Uh, uh, putting in place some of the policy reforms um, that have been asked about and demanded uh, for a number of years by different and various players in and around the economy uh, because if ever there was a time where you're hearing that in the second quarter the economy shrunk by 51 um, percent um, year on year then if ever there was a time for you to be implementing policy reforms this is the time. Now for today shifting over um, one of the things that comes with any economy is being um, able to feed um, the country make sure that there's food on the table and a big contributor on that front is the agriculture economy and that's what we're going to be talking about for today. Now I'm sure we've all noticed that there have been disparities in the cost of groceries um, since the lockdown began. One may Argue that this uh, has been um, a this, there's been a sequence of changes in eating habits uh, during the lockdown period. However, a non-government uh, organisation based in Peter Maldhburg called uh, the Peter Madsburg Economic Justice and Dignity Group, has since released a monthly food price barometer, um, which has shown that food prices have significantly gone up. Is this due to the effects of COVID-19 on farming and the agricultural sector? What does the future look like in terms of food security for the country? That's what we're going to be talking about. And uh, to help us navigate some of these topics, we're going to be talking to uh, Tabo uh, Momoti, who is... uh, the co-founder of uh, Nature Growers and uh, Hamlet uh, Lomendlini, who is an agricultural economist and manager at ABSA's uh, Agribusiness Enablement Unit, all about uh, the economics around um, the agricultural sector and food security. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be getting into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news and also getting into the Buffalo Index where we tell you the state of your 100 Rand. Remember Remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook we are VioFM that's Voice of Vits our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy on uh, Twitter we're at VioFM and then our hashtag is hashtag and remember that you can stream the station live on VioFM.co.za podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business uh, but you can also check us out on Iono.fm Apple Podcasts Spotify and Google Podcasts So that's it. That's how the show is looking like. Definitely make sure you don't turn that down. On the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. Business wrap with Zanele
1: Kunene.
0: It's time for us to get into the business wrap, and we're joined by our financial expert, Zanele Kunene, who is a financial advisor at BDO Wealth Advisors to give us some insight into what's going on in and around the economy. Zanele, what's good? How are you?
2: amazing this week we didn't have any cold weather so we've been jogging we've been healthy it's been good it's been good it's been good <laughs> um this <laughs> this week i'd like to touch on interest rates and a few other points um so let's look at interest rates since it's highly topical so they remain unchanged and the two primary reasons why they remain unchanged is because um the sarb would like to see the actual effect or impact the recent some cuts have had on consumers and on the economy. And the second point is that um you know, in the next month, we are going to be having the midterm budget speech. So, they'd like to hear what's being stated there so that both systems support each other. That's going to be quite interesting to see what the midterm budget speech holds and what the SRB will respond to that. Um, with regard to the economy, you know, we are moving to level one at midnight next week. And the expectation is that every, you know, we'll go back to full operation. So that the economy can be stimulated and that we could actually have some job creation. But with that being said, um, we have experienced quite a lot of job losses, you know, and one of the things that I've been noticing or the kind of conversations or client conversations we've been having is that. People between the ages of 21 and 35 have now had to move back home. I don't know if maybe some of your friends or colleagues have, you know, have experienced that is that now, you know, their plans have to be placed on hold and have to move back home. But one of the other things is people between the ages of 55 and 61 have also been placed in a predicament whereby, you know, they're taking on early retirement. Not only because of, you know, the fear of contracting the virus, but because, you know, companies aren't able to retain their staff because of how tough the economy has been. So you've got these two groups, you've got parents relying on kids, on their children and children having to rely on their parents. So I've jotted down some five points or five tips that people who are within that predicament um, might benefit, will benefit from. Um, So the first one is lease agreement. People think that, you know, you lose your job and you can just pack up and go. It doesn't work like that. You have to (laughs) read your lease agreement. You have to know the penalties that come, you know, that will come from you exiting the contract early, which means, Please do speak to your landlord, negotiate with them, or even look at getting a roommate and, uh, you know, like, weigh out your options. Don't just be like it is what it is, because it is not. second part the second point is when you lose your income depending on the kind of uh, company you're working for you also lose your group risk cover okay so this is your life cover your disability or income protector you also lose that benefit as well which means that you have to take it on on an individual basis and when you take on risk cover on an individual basis there is some underwriting and underwriting is solely based on your lifestyle so if you're a smoker it's going to be tick so please do um, you know get various quotes speak to um, your insurance companies and see which um cover will work best for you because you have to be covered you don't know what life will hold or you don't know what might happen in the future the third part is uh, then again depending on the kind of company you're working for you probably had a provident fund or a pension fund um don't just be like i want to take all my money Um, please do consider the tax implications that do apply um, because if you are under the age of 55, if you are under under the age of 55, you will be taxed on the withdrawal tax tables, which means that the first 25,000 Rand is tax-free and any amount above that is taxed. So just before you fill in the paperwork, consider the the, the tax implications that will apply. So do speak to your employee benefits consultant about that. Um, the fourth one, the fourth tip is expectations. So if you are moving back home, you cannot worsen the financial situation in the household. You know what I mean? When you come back home, the financial situation at home has to be the same or be Better. And the only way to do so is to actually have um, a comprehensive household budget. So it means everyone must sit down and everyone must say what they can contribute. You cannot be freeloading on your parents. There's no freeloading. We have to be financially independent, okay? Because you don't want to lose your financial independence in any way. So do have that conversation. It, it might be highly emotional. So Maybe bringing in an independent um, person into the conversation will help facilitate that conversation slightly better. And the fifth one, the fifth tip, which I really, really love, and I think we should all be doing this, is upscaling your skills. So do this. Do some courses. You know, there's so many courses out there. Update your LinkedIn profile. Connect with those that you want to uh, be or in the industries you want to be in um, just to increase the chances of you uh, securing your next job within, within, such a, within such a competitive market. So please do consider those five tips. And... You know, I wish you all the best. Uh, that's that's all one could ever wish for. <laughs>
0: No no no, thank you so much Zanelle. I think um, the next time we engage, we will be looking for uh, I guess uh, some of the tips um, that people might uh, might want for you know starting a business and when I say starting a business, I mean you are a financial planner, but rather you know how can you protect your personal finances as you you know embark on a, on what 's it called on an entrepreneurial journey because I think um, a lot of people at this time like you said people are losing jobs um so a lot of people have decided that this is the time for them to you know move forward with some of the projects that they had started with but you know there'll be a lot of conflation with your personal funds and all of that so i think you know we we would also benefit i think you know to also hear how people can separate out some of those uh, some of those things i'm I'll, I'll, i'll be looking forward to that one 100%
2: 100% and just to add on to that I think not only starting a business but people should also consider buying a business you know that's also an option you know so I think that could also be um, quite beneficial in the conversation to add someone who knows about how to actually buy a business we we don't, we're not all we cannot all start one so okay. we could consider that as well.
0: So that's been us with uh, Zanele Kunene who is a uh, financial planner at BDO Wealth Advisors giving us some insight um, into what's been going on in the economy this week. Some of the big things, interest rates, uh, but also at the same time, this move to um, level one which is starting us from next week. Uh, We are quote-unquote going back uh, to to normal and we're hoping that um, things will just be heading up from there. Uh, But uh, Zanele just giving us some insight into what uh, you know, some of these things might mean uh, for employment prospects going forward, and giving us some tips on how you can protect your funds during this time. So, that's me it on the other side of this. We get into the state of your 100 Rand. Keep it locked. This is the business buzz. Business rap with Sanele Kunene. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. Now, as we get into the state of your 100 rand, we refer back to um, the Peter Myersberg Economic Justice and Dignity Group, which issued uh, the report that was saying that uh, the cost of the average household food basket in South Africa has actually increased, and they're saying that it's increased by nearly. Uh three three fifths of a buffalo that's uh, sixty Rand in August and that uh at the uh, uh you know over the last uh five or so months of the lockdown uh the cost of the basket has actually increased uh by seven point eight percent. Uh, up uh, two and a half buffaloes or 250 rand, and then year on year it's increased uh, by about 13.2 percent or four buffaloes. Um, so, in total, uh, what we're looking at is that um, the price of uh, the normal household uh, basket um, went from uh, 3067 rand, that's uh, 30 buffaloes, and it's gone up by four buffaloes, as I said, uh, as I alluded to just now, uh, almost 30, 35 buffaloes. Lows that's at 3470 rand. So, we just wanted to relate that information to let you know what we mean when we're talking about the food prices. And as we begin to talk to farmers and the economists about the state of agriculture and food security, now that's the backdrop that we are using. So On the other side of this, we're going to be getting into the main topic and we're going to be starting off by talking to a farmer about food security. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. The Buffalo Index on The Business Business Buzz. Buzz. Yochunde to The Business Buzz. The Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into our main topic And for today, as we said at the start of the show We are talking about uh, agricultural economics And food security in the country An important topic at this time um, As we you know, mentioned earlier on The price of food and uh, groceries you know, Has been doing, you know There's been some changes in the last couple of months And we want to get to the bottom of it uh, By talking to some people that are actually um, In the industry to make us understand Understand What's actually going on On the ground And um, the state of agriculture At the moment You can also let us know If you want to engage with us uh, On Facebook We are FM That's Voice of Vits You can also find Our other Facebook page That is the Vits Radio Academy On Twitter We're at FM And then our hashtag is Hashtag Business Buzz So to begin with We wanted to You know Maybe talk to someone Who's actually yeah, Very close um, To what's actually going on And uh, someone who is actually in the industry and who's actually farming so we're joined on the line by uh, Tabo uh, Momoti who is the co-founder of uh, Nature Growers and he is a food security advocate. Uh, Tabo greetings to you Thanks, How are you? no 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 we're doing all right on this end thank you so much uh, for joining us um i think for people that uh you know may not have heard um of yourself or nature growers can you just give us a little bit of insight on that okay cool uh,
3: no problem um my name is uh as mentioned i'm a co-founder of our uh, nature growers so nature growers basically it's a it's a it's a it's a company that does uh hydroponics uh installations they design system uh of hydroponics and also we we do hydroponic farming so hydroponic farming is a form of uh able farming that able enables uh food to be closer to to the to, to the communities also and also it's a very uh uh type of farming that is very entrenched in in, in sustainability so basically it's a if i can give it a definition it's a the cabinet's math better for farming that allows you to get like maximum yields within a small space and it has it uses like 80 percent less water than traditional farming over it also allows you to to, uh to harvest your your crops within like four to six weeks yeah that would be like a short uh summer forty two. so that's what we do so you also help like traditional farmers to migrate into uh we we'll try this form of farming, which is uh, able farming, which is also here in Job in particular, because we don't have a lot of spaces. Uh, we, we enable those people who want to go into architecture to actually tap into this type of, uh, of farming, because we are able to manipulate space and, and able to compete with uh, people who have bigger lands, yeah, with this form of farming. That's what we, we, we do, it, yeah, basically.
0: Uh, Tabo, if I'm, you know, maybe I'm I'm not the biggest agriculture expert, but if I'm understanding you correctly, am I correct in saying that you guys sort of help the people that have those rooftop gardens uh, that are doing the urban farming and that type of thing? Is that what you guys are doing?
3: Yeah, that's what we do. But we also pay the space farmers as well. But we also, our core is to help those people because... Yeah, there's also issues of food security so you're also part of those people there also are competitors but we more bo- most importantly we help them set up those rooms that is that you see, see the, the inner city yeah.
0: Okay, no, no, no. That's great. So, with that in mind, then, um, when it comes to hydroponic farming, um, what is how big is this thing in the country? Um, uh, in, and in terms of that, how many people actually, you know, actually practicing it? What proportion of the of the sector does it actually take up?
3: Uh, so basically, uh, hydroponics is uh, it's fairly new in 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 in, in the country in the world um, so it it was made fa- it, it, it actually started in, in israel and then uh it was uh, made famous by the americans mostly people like from new york and stuff because uh since the rise of uh sustainability and uh, and, and green uh green buildings and also green stars, uh the americans have really made it popular because they actually brought it in the urban spaces because people want to consume food that is closer to them they also want to cut uh people are more like aware of what they eat and also they want to contribute into the into the the environment in a positive light so hydroponics brings that so in, the people from uh europe uh, have uh made it famous so in, in south africa it's very very in its in, in infant stages so we're like the early adopters of it so there isn't like a lot of people that are that are participating in the space i can like name like companies uh that exist with like uh the palm of my hands there isn't like much that are that are really participating in the space but we slowly there yeah, it's it's getting the attention because a lot of people are
0: still still very still very new concept yeah the other one for us is maybe just trying to understand, um, just as a whole, taking a step back from hydroponic farming and just looking more broadly as uh, you know, farming and agriculture. Yeah, how do you think um that the sector has actually performed? especially during the lockdown we had some numbers coming out recently saying that agriculture was the only uh, sector that grew you know especially in the in the in the in the second quarter um those dismal results that we saw um last week but you know those are national numbers on the actual ground um would you say that uh, you know farmers have actually um experienced that level of growth
3: Oh, okay, yeah, because uh, most of the numbers are taken from like uh uh big scale commercial uh farmers, but however uh since like uh uh agriculture was like very fortunate that it never went to it's the only one of the few industries that they didn't really go into lockdown because it was about uh, uh named like the service provider so. During lockdown, it wasn't really affected much. And also, it was also an advantage because uh, most of our ports were closed. So which means most of the, uh, the uh, our value chain were supposed to... Uh, most of the companies were source with still the counter. So that pushed, uh, made our our, our, our food uh, system to be very in demand. So that kind of increased our, our value. Besides that, we also uh as i said as a whole this cultural uh, this year was really become was was going to be locked down or no lockdown it was going to be a good year for agriculture because we had like great harvests like last year we had a, a good summer rain, which made us to 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 produce like great uh levels we had, like uh, uh breaking uh records when it comes to maize crops and also other like big crops and also in like big uh records when it comes to citrus now in in well it made like uh very good and our Cytrust is one one of the best in the world so you know uh, key uh sectors of uh sub sectors of agriculture and yeah, the one that really pushes uh pushes up as 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 a country in terms of going forward but in terms of like uh small scale uh f- uh farmers it's uh very very uh tricky because uh most of the the farmers have still have issues of like access even though that we have like high food demand uh we still have like issues of like access to market and another thing is that like uh most uh even if the markets are there the issue is uh farmers are forced to like take price they are mostly take uh price takers that price givers. The demand may be there for food but at what price are they taking your food you understand so that's like those are the dynamics that they could be like a demand but you find out they're not really making much money but in terms of the big uh commercial farmers because the spain are playing with like uh economies of scale they're able to to get good numbers at just at a low price but for a small farmer is not able to take like a small a small price. So it's those are dynamics, you understand? Yeah, So it's not as bright as it looks, as much as it's bright, but it's not as bright as it looks for for, for everyone. Yeah.
0: I actually like the fact that you are relating that to us in that way because I think when we get those big numbers like the ones from last week and you hear that agriculture grew by, I think it was 15% or something like that, you think that everyone was benefiting. But from what you're saying, it just depends on who you are in the value chain. So I want to just maybe get your thoughts quickly, because in the beginning, when you're talking about hydroponic farming, you're talking about the fact that um, you can use less land, less water, all of those things. Do you think that type of farming could actually help small-scale farmers to be able to reduce the type of costs that usually um, are a barrier for scale for small-scale farmers to actually get into um, farming? You know, some of the heavy input costs, fertilizers, you know, getting bank loans, etc. Do you think hydroponic farming sort of helps to reduce the type of costs that a farmer um, has to endure? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, it, it does, because, uh,
3: number one, we, we do hydroponics uh, farming, for example, uh, with, like, uh, uh, normal farming, like you say, like, salt-based farming, You have, have to farm, we have to uh, use, like, uh, your seasons to, to, you have to be a seasonal farm, there's like season crops, like uh, summer crops and winter crops, but with hydroponics farming, can actually farm throughout the, uh, throughout the year, and also that is like cash flow for you, you understand? And also it reduces the time that you have this. So as a small-scale farmer, you're able to, to budget well, and also you're able to project your finances very well, because now you guarantee that you're going to have income every six weeks. And also uh, in terms of like uh, inputs, it doesn't require like a lot of labor, like even like someone who has like little experience or too no experience to, to agriculture can actually start to deal, become like a hydroponic uh, farmer, just need maybe one or two hours of training in terms of running the system, because uses like a, a lot of technology. Um, so yeah, even if you are not really a skilled farmer, we can able to placate into the system and and grow food and also we are able to compete in terms of like uh, the quality of food. We are able to compete with the seasoned farmer because like uh, everything is like in a controlled environment when it comes to hydroponics uh, farming. But however, some of the disadvantages, but it's not small, it's not like with hydroponics. It's like solar energy. Initially, the the, the, the starting costs are quite higher than... uh, The starting costs are actually higher than... uh, Traditional farming, but the running cost, to, uh the running cost are, are very very low that you're gonna get your your returns quicker. But the starting points, are, the starting costs are the ones that could be scare people away. It's quite a, a little bit expensive, but not so much. But compared to uh, the to, to the money that you're gonna be getting back as you as, as you grow your your business, yeah.
0: I think. Uh, You know, with everything that you're saying, the next question or uh, a point at which we can close off this discussion is maybe understanding from your point of view, which type of crops... Um, You know Are are perhaps good to get into um, Either in the current season Or the upcoming season Do you think Because we might have some listeners That are either farmers Or potential farmers um, That are thinking That are trying to strategize About what type of crops to get into Um, So what's your advice on that front?
3: Okay When it comes to uh, the type of uh, crops It depends basically where are you situated. If you're situated in the in the suburbs, uh, I'll advise like your 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 because people in the like your middle class and upper class they love their silence. And also they give you uh, an advice on the if you are in the suburbs and upper class and also maybe in the township, and there's a lot of middle class people and like, people that are self-aware in terms of like uh, their health. I'll advise on the following: like uh, your lettuce, your, your herbs your edible flowers and also other microgreens, those uh, crops, they are crops they're very they're high we we'll call them the high value crops because they are going to give you like high returns, they are quick to grow, uh they're easy to grow and uh in terms of and they do and in those upper spaces. Yep. And then in the like rich uh, spaces to to bottom to, to, to bottom of the of the food chain on the five spinach, like every Uh, that's like a good starting crop if you like you want to to be a commercial farmer that wants to start now instead of making money it's spinach spinach is like we we we, as south africans we're we love spinach especially in the in the lower end of the economy throughout the actually throughout the economy from uh lower class to to upper class we love our spinach so i would advise that you you plant your your, your your spinach and then if you have like bigger land uh, it's you go into like your it's your maize and, and other stuff and also another thing in terms of like our research shows that like, in average family has are something mostly which is black uh we our 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 favorite vegetables it's your pumpkin your your spinach uh your your and, and and your tomatoes so if you have all those three and and also oil, if you have all those three you're gonna, you're gonna have trials but spinach is the goal. it's the uh, it's uh, the starting point uh, if like you're failing you have failure and you want uh you quickly get like customers
0: i'll say spinach because there's always a need for spinach. There's always a need for spinach. So that's been us with, uh, Tabo Momoti, who is, uh, the co-founder of uh, Nature Growers. He is a food security advocate who was giving us some insights. Into the state of agriculture as a uh, as a farmer, talking about uh, what the industry is actually going through, um, you know, advocating for hydroponic farming, um, where they are using a lot of uh, you know new techniques and technology um, to be able to utilize space more effectively, um, using less resources um, for high crop yields, and he's saying that it's a very good way for farmers to get into uh, producing crops with short time spans and uh, less land and then actually being able to compete uh, with some of the more established players. Also, just giving us some insights to say that as much as the country did experience uh, that big growth in agriculture in the second quarter, as reported by Stats SA, that uh, a lot of uh, that uh, was to the benefit of mainly commercial farmers and that uh, small-scale farmers still have a lot of issues that they're dealing with, particularly access to markets. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. You're tuned in to The Business Buzz. In our COVID Business Watch, we look at the impact of COVID-19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And in this week's edition, we'll be speaking uh, to Dineo Mochoko, a 25-year-old qualified dental nurse currently based in uh, Johannesburg, who runs a cleaning company uh, called uh, Sineo Cleaning Services, um, which she started in uh, 2019. You can find them on um, Instagram. That's uh, Sineo Cleaning Services is the same um, name on facebook as well now our producer uh, glory mabuza spoke to her and uh, she asked her these uh, particular questions how would you say the cleaning industry Has been doing since COVID-19 Have you gotten more business uh, As more and more people In industries have gravitated towards Being more hygienic um, What would you say the future Looks like for the industry And do you think that hygiene is going to be uh, The new normal As uh, people you know, find themselves in this time Here's what she had to say
4: My name is Dineo Matsuko I'm the founder Of Senior Cleaning Services. Senior Cleaning Services was founded in 2019. We provide cleaning services to commercial and residential industries. We specialize in upholstery cleaning, carpet cleaning, window cleaning, general cleanings, uh, move ins and outs, and deep cleaning. Uh, Our company was badly affected by COVID-19 because as a small enterprise, we were sidelined by most uh, companies that needed cleaning services. The companies that benefited from COVID-19 was the big companies that were able to acquire uh, cleaning contracts with hospitals, with Uh, big corporations that were able to remain open during the COVID-19 period. The small uh, businesses uh, suffered due to this COVID-19 because uh, the companies that remained open during this pandemic were big corporates and big corporates don't necessarily opt to use small cleaning businesses to clean their premises so most big cleaning companies benefited from this pandemic because they were able to acquire and um, get contracts with those big companies so most uh, of small cleaning businesses were badly affected by this COVID-19, even though more people have gravitated towards being more hygienic, um, but they prefer doing it for themselves now than hiring someone and having people in their, um, in their space to do it. Um, especially for residential industry. So with the commercial industry, I'd say uh, it it has benefited uh, the cleaning industry a little bit, but mostly for big companies. I'd say the f- the future of the cleaning industry looks promising because uh, a lot of people are now aware of how important it is to keep their premises cleaned and well maintained. So I'd say hygiene is going to be a priority for most companies right now. So the industry, the cleaning industry is going to grow. But um, I believe that the big companies must work together with the small cleaning industries so that all cleaning companies are able to profit and so there's more profitable businesses, profi- profitable cleaning businesses in the industry so that the the market for, for, for the cleaning industry can widen more. With me, okay, finding clients for my business the biggest tool i've used is digital marketing door-to-door marketing also and networking with the right people who are in the same industries i do have two contracts but i got them through knowing someone in that company so i'd say Networking is very important when you have a business so you can be able to know who and how to go about in acquiring a cleaning contract in, comp- in medium or big companies.
0: More justice on the business bars. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are talking about, uh, you know, agriculture, the economy, food security um, in South Africa. Before the break, you heard us talking uh, to Tabo, who's actually giving us some insights uh, from an actual farmer's point of view. But right now we want to, you know, maybe pull the curtain back a bit more and uh, just look at things from uh, a more macro economic level, look at the place of agriculture in the economy as our Whole, so on the line, we are joined uh, by uh, Hamlet uh, Lomendlini, who is an agricultural economist at APSA Agribusiness and also an enablement manager. Um, Hamlet, uh, greetings to you. Hi, Mudiwa, uh, thanks for
1: having
0: us. No, 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 no. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. I think just uh, uh, a good place to begin is to maybe understand, uh, you know, what, what place, um, what place uh, agriculture actually has um, in the economy. Could you give us maybe a sense uh, from an economic point of view? I don't know. Perhaps you have some numbers that might help us to maybe understand or give us a picture of what the sector actually contributes to the local economy.
1: So, Muziwa, every time I talk about agriculture, I always start from the fact that um, this sector is a sector that is uh, very diverse. In First of all, um, we've got um, many different uh, uh, farmers in the agricultural sector from a smallholder uh, point of view uh, to a commercial uh, farmer's perspective. But if you look at it from a commercial point of view, and um, in farming, it's it's what drives uh, the agricultural economy. From a production perspective, the, a perspective, the the commercial agricultural uh, agricultural producers, those are the commercial families, uh, which are just over forty thousand. They produce over eighty percent of what we consume. Uh, I mean, of what. The total agricultural output is in South Africa, and from a consumption point of view, forty percent, over forty-five percent of that is 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 consumed locally, and 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 around 52 percent goes for the export market, and the sector, specifically the commercial side, is also a critical contributor to an employment uh, contribution uh, i mean creation perspective um, employing over 865 people in the sector so in that um i just want to highlight the fact that the
2: sector is not just important from a job creation perspective or even um, uh, contributing to
1: the country's GDP, but also it's a very, very significant uh, contributor to the export earnings that South Africa gets because, like I said, out of um, the 80% that uh, the agricultural uh, community produce from a commercial point of view, uh, 58% goes for the export market. So that is that is really huge. Um, so that, that that's what I want to start with and say uh we just saw in the in the GDP numbers that came out last week for the second quarter that the agricultural sector was the only sector that was able to record or just to record a positive growth of over fifteen percent, whereas the overall econ- economy shrinked by fifty one percent and at the and this happened because of course of the lockdown restrictions that affected other sectors that were not actually classified as essential but agriculture most of it was classified as as essential but that's not only the contributor that made us uh to 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 register the growth that we saw it's also coming at the back of uh, an improved agricultural output across all Uh, subsectors of the sector, looking at the field crops, looking at the horticulture, and also at the livestock point of view.
0: I think, um, you know, given the significance uh, that you've just sort of illustrated for us, uh, the numbers, uh, the GDP contribution, the employment, um, and especially on the GDP uh, front, you did say that it was the the only sector that grew uh, according to the statistics that we recently got. Um, I wanted to maybe get your sense, this is something that uh, we actually asked our previous guest who is an actual farmer, and he was saying that that uh, um, that uh, growth that happened in the sector during, you know, that quarter and subsequently was sort of more felt by uh, larger commercial farmers and that, um, you know, perhaps smallholder farmers did not um, experience as much of the benefit as possible. You know, uh, what's your take on that front? Uh, Madiwa, there could be
1: but there could be some 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 truth in that, um, but just to put it in perspective, uh, from from if you look at the agricultural output in in South Africa, uh, especially from a from a food security point of view, uh, that is driven by the commercial agricultural sector, um, which, like I said earlier, produces uh, over eighty percent. Um, uh, of of the agri- of the total agricultural output in South Africa and the rest is produced by uh, your small commercial uh, 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 emerging uh, farmers um, so 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 it's 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 not surprised that there would be that sort of like a sentiment but it doesn't change the fact that um, uh, what has we have seen over the years it's actually still happening. Yes, when you look at the pandemic and you look at where it has had a, 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 an inverse impact at most in the agricultural sector, you would look, you would see that maybe your small-scale farmers um, were not as much equipped as your commercial uh, farmers are, given the fact that your commercial farmers are very well mechanized. You know, uh, the use of technology in the commercial farming. Is at the at the highest level. It's actually uh, a competitive, you know, to to major agricultural producing countries in the world. Whereas, if you look at the smallholder farming, for instance, mechanization is very low, you know, uh, because the economies of scale they, they are very very low. So it, it's not surprising that productivity has gone down during the period of lockdown, especially given the fact that there were uh, restrictions put in place um, such as uh, social distancing where in a certain number of people could not be uh, gathered in one place and unfortunately in the sec- in in the smallholder farming you know it's driven uh, by by labor intensive labor and due to the fact that there were restrictions um, uh put in place like i said Uh, relating to social distancing, you could not see a lot of activities taking place on their farms because they had to sort of like leave production and start social distancing um, as was required. Whereas on the other side, when you look at the commercial sector, because they are very well mechanized, they used machineries to, to continue doing what they were doing. And that's why you see these disparities. And that is why the previous speaker that you spoke to alluded to. It's because of those disparities that we did. Uh, it's not like farmers or commercial farmers got more support from any space or from any, uh, uh, let's say, government, for instance, provided spare, uh, support to them. It's not like that. It's just that because they are, they, they from a, 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 a mechanization point of view, small-scale farmers are actually not at the point where we can say um, they can deal without
0: labor. I think the way that you've explained it, you know, quite uh, succinctly, um, you know, I guess illustrates uh, the disparities that you talk about and maybe uh, makes us understand a bit more, you know, some of the dynamics that are at play um, between the different type of farmers in South Africa. Uh, But, you know, sort of switching over back to that um, macro level, the numbers that you were talking about earlier on, do you anticipate that uh, growth in the sector is likely to um, continue or is it – you know, are uh, going to plateau from this point? Uh, most definitely, we're going to see um, growth continuing um, uh, in, into the, the, the third quarter of this year and also the fourth quarter of this year. Uh, this is at
1: the backdrop of uh, very improved production conditions that we have seen um, uh, uh, since uh, we have been confronted by. A number of issues including drought um and 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 other issues that uh, uh relate to to diseases and uh, um, pests that actually infested um the, the maize industry a few years back so 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 we at this stage we we think that we're actually in the good place as the sector to 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 continue with the growth that we 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 have started seeing in the first and second quarter uh, and we 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 certainly show that it will actually have spill over spillovers to twenty twenty one and perhaps even twenty twenty two if the production conditions remain favorable to the sector and you you you're going to i'm sure you have heard that for instance if you're looking at the grain industry we are expecting uh a, a record you know um uh, a, a harvest this year which is actually uh, uh, much bigger than it was last year and also if you look at the at the winter crop which is actually uh, mainly planted in the western cape the wheat industry is expecting that uh, wheat will actually be the highest record Uh, in this year compared to to other years, reaching over Uh, 1.9 million hectares. And that will actually mean that as South Africa, our imports, because we are not a country that is very, very competitive when it comes to production of wheat but because we are going to see a surge in the production this year our wheat imports are going are likely to go down this year uh, because of the productivity that we're going to see so on the spectrum we're seeing that the agricultural sector is is just looking very good um, in 2020 and that will have spill overs in in the next year or two Uh, This year we're anticipating that it it might grow by up to 10% and then next year go to its usual levels of about 6% year on year.
0: And then the other one, uh, in the interest of time, uh, you know, I guess you could answer this uh, together. Is uh, how has uh, I guess South Africa's agricultural sector done? I guess in comparison at the moment, how is it doing in comparison to some of its regional peers? And uh, for the consumer, um, you know, what what uh, how what's your take on uh, food prices? Okay, maybe I should start with the last question. Uh, uh, if you look at the food prices, um, food prices, prices are just
1: a function of supply and demand, you know. Um, uh, we, we, we have seen um, during the period of um, the lockdown initially that there, when we started, there was a lot of panic buying that was taking place, and people were actually scared that we might run out of food, you know, and, and, and that did not happen. The reason why it did not happen is because South Africa is actually at a, a very good position when, when you when you look at a, a food security point of view, um, we 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 have actually enough food in this country to 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 keep us going for 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 for, for, for some time. And if our farmers uh, stay on the farm and and keep on producing, we we are we are safe. And if you look at what is happening also in the region, um, uh, South Africa is actually um, at the best place compared to, to to many other countries in the region. You saw in East Africa the infestation of the locust, which actually killed all the 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 the, the maize crop in that region, and. Uh, Because of that, South Africa will have to come in, you know, and and, and, and help the region Uh, from that perspective. You're seeing what is happening in Zimbabwe at the moment. There's a lot of uh, sort of like instability in, in the agricultural sector. Uh, it, it dates back to, to, to many years in history, but South Africa is actually the country that will be pulled in to, to, to help when they need help. And certainly, if you look at Namibia, you look at Botswana, which are actually very, very competitive, maybe when you look at the livestock industry or meat industry, but from a crop perspective, they are not as competitive as South Africa is. And South Africa will also, might also have to come in and help uh should they be required should we be required to do that so from that front i think we we are fairly okay and in the numbers that we have seen is that if you look for instance in the financial crisis that took place 2008 and 2009 you know um uh we are actually at a better place compared to then from a from a from a food production perspective you know um we we there's there's certainly enough food in the country
0: consumers should not be worried that there's going to be a surge in food prices. Uh, that's us with uh, Hamlet uh, Lomendlini, who is uh, the an agricultural economist at APSA and agribusiness enablement manager. Just giving us some insight into uh, the macroeconomic state of agriculture in South Africa. Um, giving us some insight into what food security looks like um, in the country and also giving us a sense of what what uh, the country's food security situation looks like um, compared to regional partners, and he's saying that uh, South Africa is quite well placed at the moment and uh, faring much better than some of its regional peers. On the other side of this, we come to the end of the show. Keep it locked. This is eighty-eight point one. to the business bus so with that we've come to the end of the show thank you so much to Tabo and uh, Hamlet uh, for sharing their insights with us just around what it means uh, firstly to be a farmer during these uh, trying times and at the same time what uh, the place of agriculture is uh, for the economy I really liked um, the relatability that uh, was being given to us and just concreting in our heads uh, what agriculture's place is in uh, South Africa the way that uh, you have someone like Tabo Advocating for hydroponic um, agriculture and that type of thing as a new way uh, to increase urban farming, maybe do more with less, and also just relating what uh, you know the experience of small scale farmers has been during this time. But someone like uh, Hamlet just explaining uh, that the reason why commercial farmers have been able to get the age that they have is because of all of the mechanization that they have um, on their farm and it's all of those dynamics that I think help us to understand why even... During a, this time of uh, Social distancing And uh, people not being able To do as much in labor Intensive industries that uh, Commercial farmers were able to uh, Grow their businesses and keep The country fed so that's Been it uh, don't forget that you Can find and follow voice of Vits. You can find us on facebook that is Vowfm or voice of Vits, and then Our other facebook page is a Vitz Radio academy on twitter we're At vowfm and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz you can also search for us on Iono.fm for our podcast and our other great content is available on the forward slash business so as i said we've come to the end of the show thank you so much to our amazing team our technical producer is Serame, together with our executive producer glory mabuza our producers slin Sibi. Tando together with Simbarashi Honde Don't miss the Business Buzz. We'll be back same time, same place next week for more insights into the world of business. Don't turn that dial. There's more great content coming up on the Vow FM lineup. So, for myself, Mudeo, Mob Justice and the rest of the team, it is take care. More Justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.